Welcome to the Travel the World podcast with Pearl and Earth. Tune in for the latest travel tips, interviews, and inspiring stories that will give you everything you need to know to travel the world, chase the adventure, and live your dream lifestyle today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Travel the World podcast. Now in this episode, I interview Mike Corey from Kick the Grind TV. Mike is a YouTuber and travel blogger and he's been traveling around for many, many years now. He's got lots of experience about what it takes to get traveling and to live a life of travel where you're traveling around all the time. And in this episode, we go into that and he shares a lot of really, really helpful information about what it takes to get traveling if you haven't been traveling before and also what it takes to stay traveling and stay on the road and build up a lifestyle of traveling around the world um, as long as you want to. So this is a really good episode for just information. So make sure you're taking notes on this episode because there's a lot of information all about to come at you all at once. And of course, all of the links for me and Mike will be in the show notes below. So be sure to check out those links if you want to learn more about me or Mike. Without further ado, enjoy. Hi everyone, today we're joined by Mike Corey who is the star of Kick the Grind TV and thank you very much Mike for joining us today. It is my pleasure. <laughs> Mike, could you give us a quick background about yourself and how you came to start Kick the Grind TV? Uh, yeah, well my, my beginnings weren't always as a traveler. I, I'm from Canada. And here we have lots of forest, lots of outdoor space, and a lot of us play outside a lot when we're kids, especially my parents. We have four kids in my family. They forced us outside, and they really encouraged us to be curious, and that's how it all started for me. So they, there's all these stories of uh, me being put into sports like baseball and spending my entire time as a kid catching grasshoppers in, in the outfield and not any baseballs at all. So I've always been a kid who's very curious about the natural world. And from there, I decided I wanted to be a, uh, a biologist, a scientist, so I got into biology and loved it, but didn't really enjoy the classroom setting, really loved the fieldwork setting. So I, I pictured my life as a biologist being, well, realizing that it's, there's fieldwork, obviously, but a lot of it's lab work, too. And I wanted to focus more on the fieldwork aspect of everything. So I started to travel a bit after that. There was an opportunity to, to help some scientists with their field work in Indonesia, and I just graduated and had a big toss-up in my life, which usually happens when you before you do a big first trip. I had a uh, graduation. I had broken up with my girlfriend. I had um, my grandfather that died. I had a car crash all like oh, wow. within a few months. So I was Yeah, it was a cocktail to do something crazy, and that thing that was crazy was saving all that money and going to Indonesia. Uh, <laughs> There's fireworks now. I can hear them. Um, anyway, going to Indonesia and uh, on a trip where it was, there was like, I don't know, 30 of us from all over the world and there was no mirrors. We were on an island, off an island, off an island, uh, 36 hours away from the next biggest city. And we just were real people for about two months. And uh, there was no makeup. There was no deodorant. There was no seeing what you looked like. It was just unfiltered humanity and fell in love with travel that way. And so came back to Canada and I thought that I, I, is there a crazy way that I can make this be my life? And I couldn't figure it out to begin with, but I continued to travel. I had the loop, which I was 
working in Canada and then spending all my money traveling and coming back and being broke and working and just doing that over and over and over again. And uh, long story short, (laughs) yeah. And uh, long story short, eventually I found myself with a uh, quite a bad infection on my foot that put me on a couch for months and months and months and had a friend who who dared me to make a video for a travel competition. I said, no, I don't do that stuff. He said, uh, what are you going to do, stay on a couch for more months? And that drove me crazy, the idea of doing that. So again, at a point in my life where I decided to do something crazy because I was so pent up and made a video. It wasn't easy. wasn't wasn't a natural at it. And then I ended up doing well in the competition and then entered a bunch more and then fast forward to where I am now and I am I'm a travel photographer, videographer, host, a uh, bunch of stuff all mashed together. But I can make a living out of it now too. So that's, that's, long story, that's but that, story. That's, that's the synopsis. <laughs> yeah. And when you uh, went on your first big trip and, and you're on that island, it sounds like you had a um, you know, experience that really changed how you could be living your life and you wanted to get back on the road and, and make, that, make that happen. What was the big mm-hmm. change that... Um, you saw between like before you went traveling and then when you were experiencing traveling the sort of mindset yeah. shift that you had well from like I before that I was a uh, competitive fencer sword fencer and I was try yeah I was traveling across Canada and across uh, the USA for for fencing and that was a lot of fun it was always I mean we were still it was traveling but you'd go it'd be like a conference you go you have a day to get ready, then you'd compete, and then you'd have like a day off at the end, but it'd be mostly just taking care of stuff, right? So uh, I got to travel solo a lot for competitions. And my family, we were lucky enough to be able to like have a, um, have a camper van, and we'd take the, the, they'd take the kids out, and we'd go to different spots nearby. And we had a family trip to USA and one, uh, one to Iceland once when we were really young too. So I had traveled before, but not solo to a place like that. And I had not seen a system of, of living that was so drastically different. I mean, you go to Europe, you go to USA, you go to Australia. And yeah, there's, there's definitely differences. But really, we live quite comfortably. We have easy access to food. We, uh, we all share a similar pop culture. So it's not identical. But if something happens with some big bullshit celebrity that people care about then we hear it it's how it works but it on that island we were in isolation from pop culture from isolation in isolation from all outside influence it was just us like compressed in this small area and like i said all of the all of the fakeness that that we all have sometimes which is i mean it, it sounds so negative but we all do our hair up nice, and we all wear makeup. Well, I mean, maybe not if you're a guy, but <laughs> we all wear deodorant, and we all dress nice because that's just what it means to be a productive member of society. And it's not fakeness is is a harsh word for it, but just like all the extra stuff that we do to make ourselves look better or different, whatever we think. But there, that all all went away, and like I said, there was no mirrors, and so being in a in a in a small little society, a little subculture. Uh, of people who were really interested about the uh, the natural world, which we were all uh, recent bi- biology graduates, and people who were obviously quite open minded to be able to travel that far, uh, we all had a an epiphany there that 
that we had never had before. Because how often do you have access to that that kind of experience where yeah. you're there for two months? And two months, like 60 days is a long time. Uh, it really changes how you think, especially when you don't have all those outside influences. So the, that was what really solidified my life in a direction that I um, – my life – to, to devote, devote it to a direction like that was an experience that really changed how I thought about the world and uh, how the system that we live in in, uh, in Western societies uh, isn't necessarily the best system. I mean, we, we, have, we have a lot of things we need, but we have a lot of stuff we don't need to. Uh, and we have a lot of baggage that gets lumped on our bodies from just being exposed to marketing and you know uh celebrity culture and stuff and pressures on how we sh- how our lives should be and and how we should act and you know what wearing three necklaces and having a big thick bank account is what's important and having a nice house and a nice lawn and sure that that could be important to some people but really it's not the most important thing out there and it's 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 really easy to get your mind all clouded up with what is important and what's not important here and so just a complete purge of that entire idea locked me into into this lifestyle, I, uh, I just felt like I had a moment of clarity that, uh, oh, it doesn't have to be that way. Because I was never, when I was younger, I was never the kid who felt like I felt uh, that I fit in. I always felt like I didn't quite fit in. And when I traveled, I, I found a culture where I fit in uh, with people who also maybe didn't feel like they fit in. <laughs> and then they were searching for something a bit more. It was a bit like the movie The Beach, which I saw around the same time with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. And it's like a backpacking movie about finding this special beach or hearing a rumor of this special beach somewhere in uh, off Thailand or Southeast Asia. And that movie, in conjunction with that trip, uh, really changed my life. Nice, nice. Yeah, I've I've definitely found like um, the travels like an equalizer type thing. Like when you go traveling, nobody knows who you are. You know how what type of person you were before. So um, if you wanted to. You know, find yourself or reinvent yourself. Um, it's it's great to do on the road because you're constantly exposed to all these different cultures and different types of people and how they live their lives, um, and you can really get, you know, a really good broad glimpse of how the world works, um, you know, in different ways. One hundred percent, and that's that's part of the reason I love it as well is that there's always the opportunity to to flip the page and start a new chapter all the time when you travel. And I feel like, for, for anyway, in, in my world, and I'm sure there's people out there who agree with me, that that's what I need to be happy. I, I, even if I'm, I mean, I, I lead a great life. I, I, I really love what I do. I love the people in my life. But I still need to have those experiences like that experience to keep me motivated and happy and feel like I'm growing. Uh, and the, my biggest fear is becoming stagnant i guess and uh and falling in a rut that that I, I can't get out of so i always have to push myself to try try new things or or switch up where i am or just do a 180 on on exactly what i'm doing professionally not 180 i mean yeah. there's photography hosting videography all these things as soon as i feel like i'm getting too stuck on one i can switch over and work on more photography or more hosting and i, I that's where i found myself now uh happy is being able to switch those switch that uh, exact trajectory every um every few months or every year so i can i can stay fresh but i think a lot of us travelers really enjoy the fact that every new opportunity if we want to seize it can be an opportunity to reinvent ourselves yeah yeah absolutely 
I've, uh, I've found that once you start traveling and you get on the road, um, it just, you get that travel bug. Like you just, you, you see um, all the different things that is great about travel and you want to, you know, experience more and you want to see more and you want to do more. Um, but the hardest thing is just getting on the road in the first place. You know, especially if you haven't traveled before, it's hard to explain um, the benefits of travel to someone who hasn't experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say is some good advice for people who uh, haven't traveled but they want to get on the road but they're not quite sure how to go about it, like the first steps to sort of go from their day job life where they're not really saving any money to getting on the road and, and getting that travel bug? Yeah, well, there's there's a couple of hurdles. The first one is is just having the the drive to be able to want to do it to begin with because a lot of people will say that it's dangerous and that it's not um, obviously it's not safe and that it's you can't just go go someplace like where are you going to stay you're not going with anybody uh, and I can't take credit for saying this and I'll paraphrase but basically uh, the people who are telling you not to go haven't done it themselves everyone saying you don't go hasn't done it themselves because you talk to someone who has done solo travel before and they'll say it's it's one of the, the best things I've done in my entire life. That's what they always say. I've never heard anybody say anything other than that who has done solo travel. So and also when you if you if you try to talk to people about it, the people who will advocate solo travel, they're not gonna be kicking around a town. And that was that was a big thing and that's um that's something that I realized too is these people that will that understand what it's really like are out traveling. You know, they're they're not they're not kicking around and uh, and working nine to five. They're or maybe they could be, but they they bounce around a lot. So it's hard to find these people because uh, they're doing it already. So again, it's hard to find motivation. Uh, but a lot of them are, aren't easily found in in your hometown because they bounce through a lot just for a little bit to make some money or just to see family. Yeah. Uh, but if that's dealt if that's dealt with, the biggest thing then is overcoming the financial hurdle. But the biggest financial hurdle is just a flight. And one strategy that I've used is starting a uh, separate bank account and just start funneling a little bit of money whenever you have some extra. So you pay for your bills, you go out with friends a couple nights, whatever, and you have you say like, oh, I can probably take a hundred bucks on my bank account, throw it in this other account, and uh, and that'll be fine. I can still get by for next month. Start doing that, and once that number starts to become significant. Uh, then it'll uh, it'll become a motivating factor. And uh, for me, I, I started saving more. I was like, wow, like I already have four hundred bucks in there. That's that's almost a, like the flight, not too far, but almost a one way flight, right? And uh, then you start thinking about saving and how fast you can get it there. And you you know maybe won't go party two nights a week with your friends. You'll not go, or maybe once and, and not drink as much because you want to put some more money away. But just starting that that first bank account is is really important because it makes it real and the bigger the number gets the more real the the dream will get and that's the problem with dreams sometimes is that they there's not there's not obtainable steps along the way to be able to achieve them so a lot of dreams get lost because we're like oh i want to learn german before i die and then okay um that's great but what do you like what's going to help get you there? Where you know, knowing like, I want to learn 
the numbers 1 through 10 in German next week, that's a more obtainable goal, right? You have to have small little things that, uh, that you can act on in a week or in a couple weeks. So starting that bank account is a really great first step. Yeah. Um, right. For me personally, one of the best things – sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, like, you've, you've, you've um, hit on so many great um, points. Um, like, I've definitely about, you know, you want to take advice about travel from people who have traveled. So it's the same with sort of any area. Like, you know, if you want um, health advice, you don't take it from someone who is, looks very unhealthy or relationship advice for someone who's got bad relationships. So when you want travel um, advice and you want to know what it's about, um, yeah, you definitely want to seek that out. And as you said, the great thing about this day and age is that um, there's you know so many YouTube channels and travel blogs and things popping up all the time. And you can get online and access all of this really great free information um, you know, about any type of travel that you want to do or any sticking point that you might have that is holding you back from travel, like you know, saving or traveling alone or budget travel that I highly recommend people get online and look at that. And also, yeah, about the starting the bank account, that's also really good because once you start putting a little bit aside, then you start getting momentum. So, you know, you start putting, you know, so much aside per week and then, and then you look at it a couple of weeks and you're like, oh, wow, you know, there's a little bit more there. And then you start putting in, you know, your extra cash, like, you know, maybe you get some tax back or maybe you get, um, you know, a little windfall here or there. And it just starts building up, building up. And then it starts to snowball because then you start to really get excited and you're like, oh, man, I could totally go. Like I could go in, you know, a couple of months at this rate and, and you start getting excited and you're looking up different flights and things like that. And, um, yeah. and you can get there you know, a lot faster than you think, but you just have to take the first step and, you know, mm -hmm. create that bank account and maybe set up an automatic um, transaction every paycheck that goes into there. Definitely. Uh, and something that, that we're told when we're younger and we always seem to forget about it is that you can really do anything you want. Most of us being born in the countries that we are, uh, can can do a lot of things. There's there's people who aren't born uh, as fortunate that have family requirements when they're younger, or maybe they don't have access to even a job. But uh, if you can have access to to a job and some independence, it's it's amazing what you can accomplish. We're told we can do anything by by a lot of our our moms say that, and really uh, it took a while for me to realize that you can you can really do anything you want. Um, and what I mean by that is if you really set your mind to something and you spend all the extra time you have instead of you know watching TV or whatever it's going to be to working towards a goal, whether it be travel, whether it be inventing a new microwave, it doesn't really matter exactly what it is, but anybody with passion can achieve what they want to do. And that's a very powerful idea to have. It might not take you – might take you a week. Uh, it might take you a, a month, it might take you a year, but if you really want to do something in life, you you are very much able to do it. So, and, and that and travel uh, is is extremely accessible. It's just paying for that that initial flight. That is that is the big hurdle, and there's even ways around that by opening travel credit cards where you get uh, reward points and putting all your purchases on that card and that racks up and often they have bonus uh, bonuses when when you first sign up of like 20,000 or 40,000 points and that's almost a flight in itself so yeah. 
that's a fantastic first way to subsidize the cost of, of that flight. And you could go to anywhere like South America, Central America, um, uh, Southeast Asia, South Asia, all these places you can get by, or even Eastern Europe, get by really cheaply. And it's just getting over there. That's the problem. But just that's something that I, I took me a while to, to realize again is that if, if you have a, a dream and a passion and you have the idea that you have to do this, before uh, you grow up uh, or you grow old, you really, really can. But you have to watch that you don't get caught in the big river of time. Uh, you've got promotions in your job and you find a cool girl and then um, everything just seems to work out pretty well. But uh, are you going to be happy with all the choices you made when you're 40, 50, 60, 70? Uh, and really things can be snuffed out at any point. And that's something you really have to deal with and think about. And maybe I think about these things too much. And <laughs> maybe that's that's why I've decided to make some pretty drastic decisions um, in my in my twenties so far. But I just felt that if there's a time to be able to achieve these dreams and these ideas, the time is is now. The time is this fuzzy period where where we're where we're supposed to figure things out. And there's not saying if you're 35 or you're 45. It's not possible. It is. I know tens of people personally that are making it very possible at those ages. But everything's easier when you're younger. And uh, why would you wait? Because you don't even know if you have that time. Yeah. You know, um, you don't know if you don't even know if if you'll have the opportunity after tomorrow or after tonight. It could be there could be family problems, there could be personal problems, health related or otherwise, and it could just make everything much more complicated. So if you have time now and you have dreams and passions now, then take the necessary steps to bring them to life because they might not happen. And can you deal with that if they don't? And uh, Yeah, that's, that's definitely a, question for. a very important question to ask. Um, I've, yeah, like I, mm. I've usually only regretted decisions that I, you know, actions that I haven't made. Like once I've taken action on something, you know, I've always found um, a benefit from doing that. It's only stuff that I you know, said, oh, no, nah, I, I won't take that risk. And then I'm like, oh, I regret it. Oh, what if I did? And, you know, something could have worked out. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely important to, you know, to take action on your dreams. And especially, yeah, you know, in your, in your 20s and stuff, like when you've got um, less responsibilities, you can be very free to, um, you know, to go out traveling and to, um, you know, make mistakes and make corrections and, you know, figure out, um, you know, what you want to do. And so... The things like, you know, falling behind on your career or, you know, doing extra study at university or different things like that, um, they're always still available when you come back from any travels, if you choose to come back from your travels. Um, like, you, you shouldn't be afraid of falling behind the rat race, so to speak, um, when you're going out traveling and traveling long term, which I've found, like, when I talk to people, that's, that's a bit of a fear that a few people have is... You know, they want to have a plan of, I want to, you know, go to university and then get out of that, have a good job, um, you know, get a house and, you know, make, make good money. And then maybe after I've got that sort of sorted, then I can go out traveling and have some free time to just, you know, discover what I want to do. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, that, that, path, that path is perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> however, if we're having this conversation now and anybody stumbling across this conversation probably isn't fine with that because they're out looking for for other information or other options 
And uh, there's nothing wrong if if uh, you feel it's the right path to to do that. I mean, it's it's all to your, your own. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I I had that. I went to university right after I graduated, and it went well. I didn't exactly feel like it was the right fit for me. I had never thought about traveling right after high school, but uh, I didn't feel like the path that I was so I was so fixed on was the right path, and that was being a biologist. Uh, but other, I mean, that's that was just me. That's how I felt, and so that's that's the question you have to have to understand: is if if it doesn't feel right or comfortable, or maybe if you're like, ah, it's not my maybe not be the rest, right decision, then it's it's not the right decision. Because if something is the right decision, you'll say hell yeah, and you won't even you won't even know. I, I mean, that's that's how life works. If something you feel is, is perfect, then you'll be like, this is it. And you won't even ask any questions in your head. It'll just be what you do. But if you start asking questions, then you have to really start to think about whether it is the right thing to do. And not often there is potentially a better option if you just follow your heart a bit more or, or take some time to understand what, what your heart really wants. And then at that point, uh, follow the fear, <laughs> which is something I saw on the helmet of a skydiver. A few years ago, when I was when I was going uh, just uh, for like it was my birthday, I think, uh, but three years ago, and there was a guy there who had follow follow the fear uh, a decal on the side of his helmet. That's great, and that was very appropriate for me uh, because something that I realized uh, about four years ago is, and I was watching actually a skydiving documentary because I was interested. I was watching this thing by a guy named Jeb Corliss, who is a famous like squirrel suit skydiver. And I was on a plane, and it was something about some deep woods hike to find this ark in the middle of the jungle in China. And there were he was inter- he was interviewed and a few other skydivers who were going to go like try to squirrel suit through this ark. And they were talking about fear. And you think these guys who do these extreme sports are like just totally iron-hearted, you know, guys who are just completely inhuman, don't feel emotion and just like are mechanical, emotionless beasts that just do these crazy things and, and don't have the normal set of feelings like a human does. But they're all saying, oh, dude, I am terrified. Uh, anything can happen tomorrow. I'm, I'm shaking. But what I've learned to understand is that uh, that doesn't have to make me fail it doesn't have to be a scary feeling it's just what i i love i've associated that feeling the feeling of fear that we all we are all terrified of being scared of fear and just ramps it up and up it's just to associate that with success or with personal growth and uh, not so much with failure or or you know danger i mean there's obviously danger but some of the not not some of a lot of the the most powerful things in life and a lot of them the things that will instill the most personal growth are scary things very scary things might not be dangerous things but like public speaking or whatever else you're scared of you know going on a solo trip those are powerful powerful choices you can make and so seeing these skydivers talk about how they're terrified every single jump when they leave the airplane really changed my perception on on the things that hold you back in life, which is often fear. And that is what holds you back from living a life that that you want, that the life that you're dreaming of. Mm-hmm. And like travel is such a good way to, you know, lean into that fear because, you know, you're thrown out in different environments that you don't understand, you know, with maybe you don't know the language and you've got to find your hostel or you've got to, you know, 
uh, deal with these different situations that come up. So it's um, you know it's a really sort of efficient way to to um, get past your comfort zone. And that's something that is uh, extremely contagious. Is once you have once you break through that feeling of of being like oh I don't know if I can do this and then doing it and then realizing how you've changed. Uh, that's an addictive feeling, and often you'll continue to chase that feeling, trying to get that that feeling back of of just breaking that that personal barrier and achieving things that you that were that were dreams at one point in your life, just wishes and wisps of of ideas that you can actually achieve these things and do these things, and uh, yeah, uh, and once you once you achieve the first one, it, it doesn't. It's, make the list of things any shorter it just makes it longer one really big thing that people always ask about uh, when i talk about travel and traveling the world is how to fund it um you know how to fund that lifestyle if they want to you know live abroad um for you know months you know at a time or if they just want to do you know some longer traveling trips um how have you found like when you've been traveling around you've talked to different travelers what have you found has been the way people fund their travels um, through the different travelers you've seen? And also maybe what are some tips to develop that lifestyle for yourself of funding, you know, your, your travels? Um, yeah, I, I would say the majority of travelers just save up before they go and then blow all their money and, and, and stop. Um, and then once you do that a few times, you're like, wow, I can probably do this a bit more efficiently. <laughs> and then you uh, keep track of your money and don't drink as much usually. And that helps get you a bit farther. Uh, there's people who I feel are, there's like shoestring, backpacking, cheapsy stuff. And I, I vibe with that. But at the same time, if you're traveling, you don't want to pass up the opportunity to bungee jump if you've never bungee jumped before or go on that cool volcano hike because really you're not there to to prove how little you can spend you're there for new experiences so i mean there's certain things like accommodation and and food where you can save a lot of money uh but for experiences i i have a hard time saving money doing that kind of stuff uh but yeah so different ways that you can continue to fuel your travel as you're going obviously there there's sort of what i do which is the blogging. Uh, I do mostly film or video and photography. And there's two levels of that. So when you're first starting out, you can, it's not too hard to get free accommodation and free activities in exchange for content. It's not too, too bad. Uh, it might be changing a bit now because there's lots more people doing it. But if you, I mean, there's always space for people who are, again, passionate, upbeat, who get the travel scene, who also make good content. There's always, always space for that. And then there's obviously getting paid uh, paid on top of that, which is a, a bit of a different level for uh, – it takes a bit more years. But definitely being able to, to subsidize the, the, just the accommodations and some of the activities with being able to exchange that with content isn't, isn't very tough at all. Um, if you don't want to go so deep into tech, which not a lot of us do uh, with, with the travel stuff – then you can always volunteer. You can always get the law jobs along the way. Like um, I don't have very much experience with this, but you can work on organic farms. You can work at coffee shops. You can there's all kinds of opportunities to to work overseas for or volunteer overseas even to 
carry the costs over uh, onto someone else's back to keeping you afloat for a bit longer. And like I was saying, the, the biggest thing is just to flight because obviously it's a, a big expensive uh, uh, cost. But uh, once you're there, there's a lot of resources that you can uh, that you can use to be able to travel and do so cheaply. Like obviously couch surfing is, is a, one that I am a huge advocate of. On top of just using it as a, a resource to find free accommodation, yeah. you get amazing contacts by staying with these people. Even then, if you don't want to stay with these people, there's amazing communities and message boards and groups on the website itself. So let's say for whatever reason you, you don't want to couch surf. That's fine, but still go on the website, check out the message boards and find like the the weekly couch surfing house party that happens in Panama City or the you know Sunday morning bird walk in uh, San Jose that happens every Sunday morning. You know, like these these are actually organized activities you can go and meet people between you know 20 30 or so that are open-minded travelers and uh they're just there to see the city yeah yeah no it's, it's, it's definitely true and like with couch surfing it's um you know and all those different group activities it's really great to uh, meet people if you are traveling alone or if you don't know anyone in the places you're going um and you you know want to know what the local scene is like or you know you want to meet some local people um that's definitely a great great opportunity to do that um and yeah, like also I found, you know, you can find jobs on the road. Um, you can work like you can do like online things, like online business, either for you know your your job or something back home that you can do online, and you can just report, you know, mm-hmm. like um, you know over the net your different things you have to put in, or create your own online income through you know different things, whether it's um, you know doing YouTube videos on the road or doing reviews for different. Um, you know, travel travel related things, or creating like information products, or you know things of that matter to you know sell or to work online, like freelancing things like that. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, so there's definitely a lot mm-hmm. of options out there for uh, anyone who wants to, you know, sort of research what might fit the lifestyle they want to develop, um, and then you know research what options there are to be able to travel on you know to travel around the world while you're still having money come in. For sure. Yeah, and also, also people need to realize that everybody doing these these jobs on the road, whether it be blogging or graphic design or website building, video making, photography, we didn't. I'm going to say eighty percent of us didn't go to school for this. Yeah, we just went online. We learned from YouTube. We learned from for me. There's a site called Linda.com. That uh, you pay like twenty four bucks a month or something, and you have uh, unlimited access to just so many tutorials. There's ways to get the programs you need, and uh, you just you just do it, <laughs> and uh, you learn along the way, and make some crappy things, and then make some great things, and then you get paid. And uh, so don't think that that you have to go to school for. I mean, sure, you can do that too, but if you didn't, uh, you don't have to think about signing up for you know graphic design college if you want to do you know make yeah. logos professionally you can just start and uh, and and dig around and uh, and learn some things on youtube and then practice 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 and yeah that's how that's how it works that's how a lot of us do it that's it awesome well thank you mike very much for uh you know making the time to talk to us today um if someone wanted to get in contact with you or check out more of your stuff uh, where can they go to find that information? 
Yeah, uh, my I would say my main platform would be YouTube, and uh, you can type in Mike Corey, and you'll find me, and you'll find some professional MMA wrestler guy. <laughs> but uh, mostly, uh, I think my name, my name will pop up first. Uh, but my my alias is Kick the Grind, so K I C K T H E G R I N D, and that is uh, that is what it is on everything: Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Awesome. And if anyone wants to find more of my information, um, it's at Perlin's Adventure Blog on YouTube and Instagram and you know all of those social media platforms as well. So, awesome. Thank you very much, Mike. Um, oh, thank you. That was fun. <laughs> all right, guys. Until next time. Bye.